This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 11 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, presented by Equestrian Life. Exclusive coverage of the world of dressage. We would like to thank our sponsors, Equestrian Life. They can be found at equestrianlife.com and Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Stanfield in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Heather Blitz in Esperg, Denmark, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show presented by Equestrian Life. So um, we have a new co-host today. Um, Chris is off for a couple of weeks, I think back in her homeland in England and uh, taking a few weeks off. So we've got Reese Koffler. Hi, Reese. Hi, Heather. How are you? Doing great. Just finished with um, some busy stuff going on this weekend. We, um, held a symposium together with Mary Wanless uh, for a week weekend and then a couple of days of clinic. So lots of busy things, lots of learning going on here. And it was just great fun. What's going on there in Lexington? Well, I have to be honest. I, I took the weekend off and um, I went to the beach with my family and uh, had, a, had, a, had my little vacation for the summer. And it was great. It was it was always nice to come home and see my ponies in the barn, um, but it was nice to have a few days, honestly, just to, just to relax and read a book and sit by the pool. So that's what real people do. I, I haven't taken a vacation in a long time. I think I should look into that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I haven't either. And so it's much needed and, and, and a lot of fun. But I missed, missed all my kids. Well, of course, yeah, you've always got to get back to the horses, and I'm sure um, doggies too. I see you have a, a quite large dog, don't you? I, I do. I have a 100-pound Newfoundland, uh, and her name is Annapurna, named after the mountain in the Himalayas. And my husband oh. uh, really wanted a, a big black fuzzy doggy, so we got one. Yes, you did. She looks just as sweet as can be. see pictures of her on your Facebook, and uh, she looks just, uh, just as sweet as can be. Almost big enough to ride, I think. You know, if you have a, <laughs> I, have a kid one day, you could put a saddle on her, I think. Exactly. I have a 16-month-old niece, and uh, she definitely could ride her, and I think Amy would think that's quite fun. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, but so it's been nice. We've, we've been, been busy here and, and, and back to work, and... Uh, and ha- everyone is excited to see me, and, and I was excited to get back to work this week, so it's been fun. Well, it's nice to know you're missed when you're away, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a fun show planned today. We're going to listen um, in to um, Fern Feldman, who is an amateur rider up in, I think, where is she, where is she Reese? I think she's in New York. Yeah, uh, somewhere in New York, and she's Region 8 USDF uh, director, and she has some um, fun stuff to tell us about how she's gotten where she's gotten in her um, riding career, and and um, we're also going to hear from Glenn, Glenn the Geek. Um, he has some giveaways, I think, to tell us about, so why don't we go then to listen to Glenn next? That well, hi, great. guys. Hi, Glenn. It's good to have you on here, Reese. Thanks. It's nice to be here. I appreciate you filling in for Chris while she's off gallivanting around on on her little time off here. Well, it's my pleasure. 
So I don't, we got I don't you know back. if I can do as well. We got you back from the beach just in time then. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, we have some cool things on the network that we're coming back with. We took the month of July off with our giveaways, but uh, we're coming back now in the month of August with some great new stuff uh, donated by some of our sponsors that we're going to be giving away to listeners. It's free to sign up. You just go to dressageradio.com, and on the right-hand side, you'll see a giveaway banner. Just click on that, and you can go sign up to win one of these great prizes that we're doing for the month of August. Equestrian Collections donated two $50 gift certificates, and Equestrian Collections brings the whole universe of equestrian shopping to your fingertips at a price you can afford, and you can find them at equestriancollections.com. So those two gift certificates you can spend on anything you want. And from Kentucky Performance Products, they have a 75-day supply of joint armor, scientifically-based formula that provides your horse with the building blocks necessary to maintain healthy joints throughout his lifetime. And, of course, they're a sponsor of the show. For more information, you can visit kppusa.com. And from KBC Horse Supplies, which I I know that that you shop there, don't you, Reese? I do. It's a wonderful place, and we've shopped there since since they opened, and, and we're lucky here in Kentucky to have such a neat a neat store to go to. Well, there you go. Well, KBC has donated one of their very nice triple-stitch leather halters with a custom nameplate. It's the same top-quality halter that they sell to all the famous racehorse barns here in Kentucky. So there's been some famous racehorses that have worn those, and uh, I think they're one of the largest providers of those triple-stitch halters on the East Coast, actually. And as Reese knows, we have a lot of very large thoroughbred racehorse barns here in Kentucky. Um, we do. We're, we're lucky to have them. And KBC is the local Lexington company with the worldwide reach. You can visit them at kbchorsesupplies.com. So go to dressageradio.com and click on the giveaway banner on the right side of the page there. Sign up sometime. Do it today so you don't forget. And we'll make the announcement at the beginning of next month who won all of this great stuff. Well, guys, I wish you luck here together. And I, I think you'll be together again next week doing a show. So have fun. And uh, we hope you have some good interviews and have a good time. Thanks, Glenn. And Heather, I'm so excited to hear about Paragon's training diary for the week. How's he been doing? Well, Reese Paragon is um, um, he's doing great. We've had some really, really good stuff lately. Um, I think the last time I, I, I gave a bit about his diary, there was a um, a break we had taken for a little while and kind of lessened the intensity of his work because, of course, you have to um, sometimes make it more intense and sometimes more easy. And we had just kind of made it easy for a while. And um, now we're on the way really back up into some pretty hard work. And we really, really have hit um, a mark of uh, finding a whole maybe 20% more this pocket of energy that I've just found in him. And it's been really exciting because he's he's still, you know, a very young horse. He's um, six uh, and wanting to do the things that a 10-year-old would do, but hasn't really had the strength for that. Of course, he's almost 18 hands. It's going to take him a while to build that. But this week we have just tapped into this level of energy in him that has um, kind of given him the strength to do what he wants. And so his canter pirouettes have, have really started to get some good impulsion in the hind legs. And just in general, he's really gotten his top line uh, very reaching and very solid and very strong. And I think he just feels super about it. He's even going out in his field and, you know, playing a bit more rather than just rolling once and getting up and eating grass. He's running around and feeling pretty darn 
happy with himself. And I think, you know, some of the, the progress has been from a, a few lessons that I just had. I don't take that many lessons. I, I have to say I'm a bad student, but um, I, I took some this weekend. Mary Wanless was here and we did a symposium together. And then I also rode with her helping me and it, um, it just went fantastic. She helped me line up some things in the left side of my body that lined up things in the left side of his body. And then the, the difference was quite dramatic. So we're very excited about that. And I think, I think Paragon is too. So, um, that's what he's been up to this week. Oh, that sounds great. And it's nice. And people forget the trainers. We need, we need lessons sometimes as well. Not, not as often, but we need to keep our trainers on, on their toes as well. Sometimes. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have a commercial with equestrian life. It is fantastic to have our friends at Equestrian Life as the title sponsors for the Dressage Radio Show. If you have not been to Equestrian Life yet, you need to go. In addition to being the official social community for the Horse Radio Network, it is one of the fastest-growing horse communities on the Internet. It is truly the Facebook for horse people. The goal of EquestrianLife.com is to bring equestrians together and to provide them with the breadth and depth of information and tools they need to learn and connect with other horse lovers who share the same passion. EquestrianLife.com is a fun, inviting website that strives to provide its members with a world-class experience that fosters the expression of all the ways people enjoy their horses and the people who are part of the horse world. EquestrianLife.com's social media platform provides users with cutting-edge applications and tools, such as people in horse profiles, social Q&A, status updates, messaging, photo uploading, groups, comments, blogs, expert high-definition videos, directories, birthday reminders, alerts, messaging, and on and on and on, in addition to their partnership with the Horse Radio Network. This community is designed by horse people for horse people and is filled with educational and entertaining video and audio all about our horses. Ride on over to Equestrian Life today, sign up for free, and tell all of your friends. If you love horses, EquestrianLife.com is the place to be. Well, we all have to thank Equestrian Life for bringing this program to us. And I'm very excited today to introduce Fern Feldman, Fern is the Region 8 Director for USDS and an avid dressage rider, and she has a lot of fun things to talk about today. So, we want to welcome our guest, uh, Fern Feldman, to the show, and um, we've got you here now, Fern, so we want to hear about uh, um, what you've got to tell us today and um, what's going on with you. I'm looking forward to that. Thanks very much for having me. Tell us about um, you and um, your role in dressage. I know that you are um, USDF Region 8 Director to start with, um, and you're also a busy grandmother, and um, that you have some goals in, in dressage in your riding, and I want you to tell us about those. Sure. Um, actually, I've been uh, uh, riding dressage now for 20 years, and I love every minute of it. I think uh, uh, every... every as I get so much older, I'm thinking, how many more days can I do this? So every day really is precious, and I think that's an attitude that adults have much more than kids, of course, and uh, it does make it unique for us. Um, I've been uh, working with Lendon Gray for 10 years now, and before that I worked with uh, 
Vicki Hammers O'Neill and um, uh, Sharon Schneidman and some other people. And I've had wonderful horses, so I'm, I'm very fortunate uh, in that regard. And I have a seven, six, 16-year-old Connemara pony and a 6-year-old Welsh Holsteiner cross pony um, right now, which is really fun. Um, I'm an adult amateur, and I'm also... Um, USDF Region 8 director and have been doing that for, I think, at least 10 years. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, and the other, other, I guess, large group that I belong to besides our local GMOs, which are, we have some wonderful ones, um, is Dressage for Kids. And as a matter of fact, from here, I'm going up to our big uh, Youth Dressage Festival weekend. So it's a, it's a busy weekend. So that being director must take up a large part of your time, and so does it give you a, a, a much time for your own riding then? I do make time for my own riding. <laughs> That's the selfish part of enjoying riding, I think. Um, I, I try to ride five days a week. Um, that's basically the, the pattern, usually trying to keep uh, weekends free. But, of course, that never happens in the summer when there are shows and things like that. But um, weekends we kind of reserve for family. But um, I do five days a week and um, would be riding probably seven horses a day if that were possible. But two is great. <laughs> so I, I can't complain. Well, I, I'd say that that sounds like a lot for for um, a woman in your position and with so many other things going on too and a family and all sorts of things. So so um, do you show your horses? Um, I, the six-year-old I, I've gotten in the last couple of months, so I, we haven't brought him out um, sort of I've really never ridden something quite as young as this, so it's it's kind of fun for me. And I'm getting uh, great help with uh, Lena's working students. She has a great routine with uh, kids that will help you ride and ride for you and sort of start you or finish you and teach you, as well as Lena's teaching. So it's a unique opportunity. We have so many wonderful riders at the barn. Um, so that one, in a, and I sort of joke. I say, well, I'm trying to learn how to walk, trot, and canter, and as soon as I can do that, I can go down the center line. But we're getting there. <laughs> and uh, the 16-year-old I show, and uh, we've done some uh, some I2 this year, and we're trying to get a little bit better at that before we hopefully someday will do Grand Prix. So that would be an, a huge accomplishment, and it may or may not happen, but it's a goal. <laughs> well, it, it is a great goal. Yeah. And so it's a big goal. It's I think it's it's a uh, it's a big goal for adult amateurs and uh, uh I know lots of people have done it and lots don't get to do it. So should I happen to be able to achieve that that would be great and if not I've I've loved every minute of trying to get there. So I can't complain one bit. <laughs> and what are some of the things that you're doing for when it comes to preparing to do a Grand Prix? And your goals with with riding I two now? Well, my little my little Connemara came to me three years ago, and uh, he had been taught. Um, he does know how to piaf and passage, so that's kind of a wonderful, wonderful thing. Obviously, I didn't teach him that. Um, interestingly enough, I sort of joke. I have trouble with half pass, and one of these years, I'm going to learn how to really half pass and be able to do those things as well. So I think there's always. I don't know if it's for, true for other riders, but I always feel that there's something along the way that you say, well, it's just not making sense to me. And, and even with different horses, there are, there are aspects of it that I find difficult. So, you know, it's, it's going back to obviously some of the basics and figuring all those things out. And every horse, obviously, you all know this because you're professionals, but each horse is so different and um, even 
the ones I've had along the way have been so very different. And my little six-year-old has a great go button. And my 16-year-old, I keep saying, oh, please just run away with me a little bit more. So um, there are always those, those aspects of trying to uh, put it all together and figure out how to, how to uh, make things really happen. And uh, I, I think the other thing, too, is that when you haven't, I really haven't trained a horse to Grand Prix, um, learning the tricks is one thing, but actually learning to do one tempifying changes is uh, a learning process for the rider, for getting the horse. So it's an interesting process. Interesting is a good word for it, yeah. <laughs> isn't it? It's, it's uh, challenging, challenge. challenging, challenging, yeah. lifelong. Right. And you have a good day and you uh, think, oh, boy, this is it. I've got it. And then the next day, boom, it's not there. What happens? So um, it, it's, uh, it, it's wonderful to do. And I, I love the riding. So um, even when it's a little bit frustrating, which, of course, it is for every, anybody and everybody, I'm sure. Um, you think well, you and I'm sure that. a lot of our listeners... Uh, have you know questions and maybe they're in a similar position as you and they have maybe similar goals as you and um, maybe if you could sort of talk about what what your biggest challenges have been to get to this point you're riding intermediate too that's that's really high level and and not a very big percentage of riders in the world get to that level so like what has been something some of the things that have been your biggest challenges whether it's on the horse or off the horse something behind the scenes or something really obvious and and then some of some of the things that have helped you the most maybe getting to where you are mm-hmm. I think the biggest challenge is, 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 that, is that sense that you have it at, or you feel something really good and you, you know it's right. I mean, even if it's, well, I don't care what it is, even if it's that half felt and you say, oh, my gosh, that half felt really came through. And then you say, well, where'd it go the next time? So consistency for me is, is one of the hardest things. And I tend to be um, not incredibly competitive, so I'm casual and I think that when you become a, a good rider and a, and a you, you've got to be a, not aggressive, but you've got to be always always on. And I think it's easy for for me to sort of say, oh, okay, this is fun. I'm having a good time." And as much as that is is all part of riding, there is that edge that you need. I think. And to me, to keep that consistency is is, is probably my biggest challenge. But it's also part of the fun of it because, you know, obviously there are days that you just go out in the field and you kind of canter around and go across a big field and do changes whenever you want or something like that or even lengthen a little bit and post and half seat. Uh, you know, so, so those are the fun things. Um, I think combining the two, um, again, my horses have been just wonderful, so temperament has not been a problem. I I think, again, as an adult amateur, you don't tend to keep a horse that has a bad temperament for you because it's not the right combination. So I've never had a temperament problem with a horse, and um, uh, so that's not really a problem. But it's probably keeping the edge and keeping that thinking, okay, I can do it better, I can do it better, I can do it better, what can I do to make it better, as opposed to, this is fun, let's just relax. I think that's the difference between competition and riding. I agree. Yeah, I think keep, it's the hardest for, for you know that's something that that we all even professional riders we we always work work toward that, and um, you know we also want to have fun with our horses and not burn them out, but uh, right. work on the consistency and 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 keeping keeping everything 
yeah. fresh and fun and, and also getting that edge in the in the competition ring. Yeah. It's it's um it's hard to compete. I think some people um are particularly good at it. Um and I I actually feel some people probably ride better at competitions just because they have that adrenaline going and I think there are those of us though who uh kind of hold back a little bit and get a little more well, obviously, probably tense, and so it's not it's not moving as nicely, and um, trying to figure that out. Um, but it, that's it's all part of it. And the competition is kind of fun, really and truly. It's fun if you're <laughs> it's fun to wear a shad belly and a top hat. So, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not uh, uh, trivializing that at all. But um, you also want to go out and certainly feel comfortable with what you're doing. Um, and the other thing that I'm very realistic about, my goals are um, totally different from someone who's looking to go to the, I don't know whether we want to call it international or national level. Um, when I get a certain score that I feel is good for me, I'm thrilled. And it doesn't matter what everybody else has and what, what placing in the class I have. I, I have my sense of respectability for me, and um, those are always my goals. So, Fern, I have a question for you because I know a lot of people that I teach are just so eager to get to go up the levels. And, mm -hmm. yes, wearing the shad belly and top hat is kind of a, <laughs> a luxurious feeling. But um, mm -hmm. they can also sort of have the illusion that um, riding at higher levels um, – you know, pre-St. George and up, that it somehow in their mind um, is something that will be easier than riding the lower levels. Um, you know, it, it isn't so much that way in my mind. What would you say about that? Um, I don't know how, how long have you been riding upper level well, and really, how long ago was it? Uh, 20 years, basically, because I didn't ride. I rode uh, once a week when I was a little girl and then didn't ride for 35 years and started again when I was 45. So uh, 21 years I've been riding and 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 loving it and really sort of committing to it, obviously. But um, it's funny. I, I remember doing, I had the most wonderful Connemara, my first really nice horse. I bought at 16, and he was a Connemara. And I rode first level, and it was at Saratoga, Dressage at Saratoga, which people on the East Coast would know. And I did a first level test, and it was the most thrilling thing I had ever done. It was so exciting. And then I also remember my first training level test going around the outside of the ring thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't remember which is the correct diagonal because I was outside of the dressage arena but inside of a fence, and I just mm -hmm. lost my sense of perspective, you know, like, oh, what am I supposed to be doing? So I, I, don't, I think it's each, each level, no matter where you are, is, is the challenge at the moment. And um, I know professionals always say you should be schooling two levels above and, and you know, uh, riding so confidently in the ring. I think for adult amateurs, it's a tiny bit different. You want to really feel confident, but part of the fun of it is being able to compete and stretch a little bit. So I think, again, the goals, you have to be very specific about what your personal goals are and where your comfort level is um, kind of vis-a-vis -vis the, 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 not only the training scale, but the level of, of competition that you're trying to achieve. And I do remember doing second level thinking, how on earth do people do canter walks? It's one of the most impossible moves. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then finally figuring it out with a couple of horses and saying, oh, now I understand. So it, it's forever. You know? And then when you're showing pre-St. George and you have to go back and you do a 
second level test or something, you think, holy mackerel, that's really hard. So I think it's, it just depends on the horse and the timing and what you're feeling good about at any particular moment. What do you think? What do you think about what levels? Do you think it's harder to do the lower levels and the certainly in the upper levels? Re- the, well, the I think it's faster. Your point was was great that it, you know depends on the level that that you're showing and and where you are. I think you know I I ride a, I'll take a young horse into a training level and sometimes that's harder to get around than than taking my horse around the Grand Prix ring. So I think it really just depends on you know the level where you are and and and, and your journey through through the the scale and how that works. And uh, I agree with you. It, it, sometimes you go to the pre Saint George and think, oh my gosh, how am I going to get to Intermediate One? But um, that's kind of where the, the time and the energy and yeah. kind of the sweat equity really comes into play. And yeah. that's really um, one of the hard things that you have to continue and, and know that it will get easier as, as time goes on and, and you train a little bit more. And I've been really pretty lucky. I've bought a, along the, the way. I've bought and sold a couple of horses for myself. And I've made a few wrong choices in horses. And... Um, you, I did have to make the decision to sell them because they weren't appropriate for me. And they went to someone else, and it was never a behavior issue. It was sort of, I really couldn't ride that horse for whatever reason. And they did go to other people very, very happily. So I think as an adult amateur, that's really crucial, is if you're in a position and you do make a wrong choice, you don't know. My goodness, you try a horse three times, maybe, if you're lucky, and you're spending oodles of money, regardless of what level it is, um, and you have to then get to know the horse, and sometimes it doesn't work out, but I've been fortunate that I haven't, I haven't belabored that too long, and if they, a couple of them haven't worked out, and I've sold them and then bought something that was more appropriate for whatever reason. I think that's important. And yeah, I think that's that definitely a hard thing to, yeah, to, to, as a rider, just in general, sometimes you love that, that animal, and you love that horse, and you don't want to let them go, but it, you need to to move on to the next level, and I think that's mm-hmm. that's a great point, and and you really have to have to go there and and say, okay, this horse isn't kind of fitting the role that I need him to fit, and and it would be great if we could all have a farm and keep them off for forever, but right. um, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't it just doesn't work that way um, on many of occasions. So you have to kind of you know, see that horse and know that they're going to go to great great people and, and and give them the joy that they gave you. And you can kind of go to the next level with your next horse. Yeah, yeah. I think that's important to be able to recognize that as well. So, Fern, what do you think that you'll be thinking of once you uh, reach your goal of riding the Grand Prix before you're 70? <laughs> then, uh, then what for you? Well, then I could really relax. <laughs> well, I, you know, actually, it's funny. I was thinking about it because my six-year-old, in uh, in 10 years, he'll just be 16, and I'll be 76, and I'll think, well, that's just perfect, isn't it? So I, my goal really is to enjoy the riding as long as I can, and um, um, I love being out there. Uh, so if I'm certainly physically fine and uh, my horse is enjoying it with me, then we'll, we'll keep riding. And whatever level, I mean, obviously the little six-year-old, we're starting uh, at lower levels, but we haven't even shown yet, so we're figuring all that out. So I've got lots of time. (laughs) 
Well, it sounds like you've got a great attitude and that you're really enjoying every day as we all should be. And it's been really great to hear from you, Fern. And um, I'm sure our listeners are going to like to hear the story of how you've gotten where you've gotten. And um, we really appreciate you coming on the show today. My pleasure. Thanks very much. I enjoyed it immensely. And um, I'll look forward to listening to more of your programs. Thank you, Fern. It was great to hear from you, and and it was wonderful to have you on my first interview show um, here at the Dressage Radio Show. And um, I've had the pleasure to to meet Fern on several occasions. A couple times when I was in New York and we were heading to Young Riders, Fern was our biggest cheerleader as the van was pulling away for our trip to Colorado. So thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, Fern certainly has a great attitude about things, doesn't she? What a what a breath of fresh air and a, and a great person to think about how much she enjoys her riding and her training, huh? Absolutely. Well, um, after this next commercial, um, I'm going to be back giving my training tip of the week. But next, we're going to hear from uh, Kentucky Performance Products. Well, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know we talk a lot about Kentucky Performance Products, and that's because they are a name you can trust to give you the most value for your supplement money. Kentucky Performance Products offers supplements designed to target specific problems and are made with high-quality ingredients included at effective levels. The company's supplements are intended to complement, not compete, with your dressage horse's current feeding program, guarding against over-supplementation, and each product is backed by sound research and the money-back satisfaction guarantee. And today we'd like to talk to you about Nalox, the original equine antacid. It's recommended by veterinarians and leading horsemen as a way of maintaining a healthy stomach, which reduces the risk of ulcers. Nalox can be given daily to horses exposed to stressful conditions or as needed when shipping, competing, or during stall confinement. You know, you can learn about Nalox and all the products at Kentucky Performance Products at KPP. USA.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at KPPUSA.com. So for today's training tip of the week, uh, I was a little bit inspired again with some work I was doing at the barn today and um, uh, actually riding Paragon and just having to... um, really feel like I had a a contract with him or a a real commitment to him that in my head all of a sudden popped, uh, popped in, um, an image of sort of like making a vow with him. And then I thought about people making wedding vows when they get married, that you have to have sort of a, of a commitment that is, is a bit like you got to stick with your horses through the thick and the thin, through the sickness and health and whatever else the vows say. But, um, you know, as, as he was struggling in certain parts of the work, uh, um, I was just thinking, you know, I just have to be here and support him and be committed to him in the same way that I would be. Um, were he in a, a really easy part or, or if he had everything figured out and everything was going really well. So it just kind of struck me as, you know, I really do have a, a, a very strong commitment to him, which to me feels like a real vow that I will support him and stick with him and help him and be there for him, whether he is struggling, uh, you know, trying to find ways out, um, trying to, you know, escape with evasions or or if he's really got it and things are really going super. And, uh, you know, I know that that most of you out there um, would say that you do really want the best for your horses, of course. Um, 
and just realizing that if they're struggling, if they're if they don't quite get it, if they're confused, which is a normal thing in training, that you might just say, you know, rather than reacting with anything negative, just how supportive can you be, and how much can you uh, still be the same uh, constructive, informational, helping him out to figure it out um, kind of rider as you would be if everything were going well. Um, you know, it might sound a little bit easier than than maybe it really is, but it just struck me today is there really is a, a, a serious commitment you've got to make for however long you're going to train that horse that you will commit to being positive and calm and um, assertive and, and helping the horse out to really get through the difficult places, of course, through, uh, through a longer phase of time or even just within a phase of, of five minutes or so. So, um, I think that's a that's a really important part. Do you think that you can kind of um, identify a little bit with that, Reese? Oh, Heather, I think that was that was that was a, just an amazing way to put that because I think that's true. I think every day we 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 have to go out and do that, and and, and the horses certainly that's what they uh, command from us, and, and and certainly that's what we ask from them. And to be able to to say I have a contract with you that. There are going to be times and, and days uh, that it's hard, and, and that it's going to be hard for you, or you don't feel good, you know, well, or I don't feel well, or or whatever. And and I want to even say that many of my riders, you know, we're all so busy, and and you know, we're professionals, and this is what we do for a living. But um, you know, every rider that comes out, when you really go to get on your horse, you really have to say, I'm committed to the best training that I can do today for this horse. And um, and his development, and I think we all that's a that's a huge part of riding that I think sometimes when we step in the saddle we forget about. So, thank you very much for that, and and I think we all need to keep that in mind when we when we ride every day. Well, I'm so very excited that we're we're coming to the end of my first show. I have to say this is a lot harder than it than it sounds on the radio. You and uh, Heather and and Chris make it sound so easy, but this has been a wonderful time uh, for me, and I've really enjoyed it. And we would love for you to tune in and check out dressageradio.com and send us your feedback. You can email us or email Heather at dressage Heather at horseradionetwork.com. You can also check out the Dressage Radio Show fan page on Facebook. And for those technology buffs among us, you can follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. We would also like to thank our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Well, there you go, Reese. You survived your first go at being an official co-host. Thanks. I, like I said, this is a lot harder than, than it looks, and uh, it's been a lot of fun, and, and certainly Heather and Glenn have uh, helped me along the way, and I really appreciate it. Well, you're a pleasure to have on board, and we're we're thrilled to have you here, too. You're, you're just a delight, Reese. And just um, let us know maybe what, what will you be doing this week? What's coming up next for you? Anything fun? Well, this week we, um, you know, right now uh, my big horse Casper and I are, are kind of in our kind of what we would call a winter break around here because it's summer, but we just came off a, a wonderful tour at Gladstone and we're taking just a little bit of time like like we talked about with Paragon earlier just to kind of take a little rest and, and um, he, he's ridden every day, but it's certainly not training the Grand Prix. And um, I'm working very hard with my personal trainer at the gym 
so that I'll be really fit and ready for Florida um, in this winter coming up. Uh, we'll leave in December. So uh, we'll be busy, and, and I'm just working with all my students, and, and everyone is showing around here. We've got uh, my eventers are all going to events, and my dispatch riders have, a, have a, sh- a horse show coming up in a few weeks. So we'll be busy this week just kind of doing normal work and, and having a great time and um, keeping everybody smiling and happy. And, and so I'm really wow. looking forward well, to, to the week. You're, your horse is taking a little time off, but sounds like you're hitting the ground running. So good for you. I think you've inspired me to maybe go get myself back in the gym again, too. That's such an important factor. So I'll have to go get in the gym myself. It is. It's hard work. But uh, every day when I'm finished, um, it feels really good. And, and I'm hoping that I'll be even give Casper kind of, that's my contact to him. And, and kind of being fit and ready, ready to rock and roll for our big uh, season in, in Florida this year. So I'm really looking forward to it. Great. Well, I think it's going to be you and me again next week. So um, I think I'll be talking to you quite soon again. I'm looking forward to it. Heather, thank you so much. And I can't wait to wait till next week. Yeah. And good luck and mind your riding. 